Seahawks fans wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Uh, we're coming off of a bye week, and uh, so we're going to sit down and, and talk about where we're at uh, as far as how we feel about the team and uh, if we still think we're a playoff team, if we're kind of mailing it in a little bit, or you know, how enthusiastic are we going forward? <laughs> uh, we get some key pieces back this week, and uh, we're in play for a a big piece to come in from outside the team. We'll talk about all of that. Hey, Keith. Yep. Um, I actually come on. This is a bye week. Good time for a bye week, both to get people healthy, um, including you know probably the most important piece on the Seahawks. Uh, but also, it was a good week to have a bye because everything else turned out screwy. This was one of the weirdest weeks uh, in the NFL that we'll see. Um, just upset after upset, and games yeah. that just didn't make any sense. But and, you know, a lot of, and a lot of uh, games that, that helped the Seahawks. Yeah. Which was, I mean, was, was kind of crazy. I was, you know, you look at, at, at Dallas getting, you know, blown out by, by Denver. Let's just start there. Um, you know, Dallas had looked like they were, you know, right there with, with Green Bay and Arizona and the Rams um, and Tampa as one of the, you know, true contenders. And then they just got blown out by a, fairly middling Denver team that um, didn't, that just traded away its best defensive player. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, that, it was just a very weird game and, and it was like that across the NFL. I mean, you have the bills, which are probably the best team in the AFC getting beat nine to six by the Jaguars. That was extraordinary. I really, I love that outcome. Um, and it was just one of those things where, yeah, unusual. It kind of puts things in pers- this week. Kind of helped put things in perspective as far as how the Seahawks played for the first eight weeks, because you know we faced some tough teams and we played mm-hmm. some some teams pretty well that ended up going on and, and and making life difficult for other teams that are in contention as well. Let's talk about the the games that directly affected the the Seahawks. Uh, the Falcons four and four beat the Saints five and three. Um, the Falcons are still one game ahead of us in the wild card hunt, uh, but the weaker of those two teams, um, yep. uh, the Saints being the stronger team, likely probably finish ahead of, of Seattle for that number six spot overall. Um, but to have them go down is is pretty interesting. Ravens beat the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are now three and five, which I think really helps the Seahawks the most out of this list because the Vikings and the Seahawks, I think in the end, we're probably going to be really cl- close, like neck and neck with, um, with the final record. Um, yeah. And the Vikings have the tiebreaker over Seattle because of their win. Exactly. So, so getting them, having them lose a couple of, of games, you know, along the way that maybe they thought they were, they were going to win uh, just gives Seattle an opportunity because they have to finish a full game better. Um, because of that tiebreaker situation, so getting them to three and five now, if Seattle goes on a run, it puts uh, puts them in position to um, to jump the Vikings and get into the playoffs. 
Patriots beat the Panthers. Um, so the Panthers are now four and five. Um, that'll have an impact down the road. Yeah. And they're looking, um, they are looking, um, like they're falling apart. The Panthers are, so they're a team that we're watching, but (laughs) I, I, it's hard, it's hard to see them, you know, getting in a position to, you know, to maintain a, a, a playoff run. So the Eagles fall to the Chargers. Now the Eagles are three and six. Um, The Cardinals beat the the 49ers. The 49ers are three and five. Um, The Steelers beat the Bears. The Bears are now three and six. So everything that could have gone right for Seattle in the bye week happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And and all those teams that I mentioned that lost became weakened and Seattle didn't have to play. And just by virtue of not playing, kind of strengthened themselves and then yep. you've got russell wilson coming back it's going to be a tough game this week but um with russell wilson back ds bridge is coming back um chris carson's going to be been, practicing on on know, wednesday so ds bridge has been out for that with that concussion for a while um, since week and one so yeah it's really been that long it um it, it'll be good to have him back you know on the field and and whatnot i, I just hope that I know that he, they sent him to, you know, get some special, um, you know, eye tracking training and stuff to help with uh, his symptoms. And hopefully that worked. And I, anytime a concussion has that long of a recovery, it always just makes me worry for the person, right? Because, um, you know, it's great. They're out there for our entertainment and they're putting their bodies on the line, but, but their brains, I mean, that's serious, right? That's, that's, you don't want to see guys that um, have like, you know, brain damage later so i i'm worried but at the same time if he's cleared and, and is out there playing like you know he's an exciting player i'm glad to have him out there but i'm it's still worrying worrisome so keith what do you make well first of all um chris carson like to have mm-hmm. him back now the same sort of situation you worry about a, a player's long-term health um obviously we're all worried about that neck injury that chris has um the fact that he's going to be on the practice field what do you make of that well, it shows that he's, um, you know, re- he's recovering. I mean, neck injury can be a lot of different things. Usually what happens is it's a stinger, uh, which means a nerve's compressed. And so an arm kind of goes numb and they lose, you know, um, some of the strength and stuff in the arm until the nerve, like, you know, regenerates. Um, and, okay. I mean, that it that's kind of stuff that happens. Or it, or it gets decompressed and maybe yeah. that's what happened. He got some treatment and it released yep. and now he's now he's better yeah and so usually that's what that is but at the same time it could be something like what happened to um cam chancellor and cliff averill where for them it was it was career ending so uh anytime it's a neck you're always always worried and again both for the team you know with the player but also for the player and their long-term health and so it, it, seeing him back on the field that's a good sign that shows that um, whatever it was, wasn't too serious. And he's starting to get, um, himself ready to come off the disabled, disabled list and, and get back on the field. And quite frankly, the team needs him. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. football fans. Who's ready to score some free bets. Now you can, when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. 
If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So here's a topic that I've just been dying to talk to you about since all of this kind of emerged. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. cleared waivers mm-hmm. as of 4 p.m. Eastern time today. So he officially became a free agent, can sign with any team. But reports have been out um, tying him to uh, being amenable to coming to the Seahawks. Seahawks, uh, in turn, have been elusive in saying whether or not uh, he's on their radar. I mean, Pete Carroll basically did come out and say, yeah, you know, he's he's part of our conversation. Uh, we'll see what happens. He was very, you know, Pete Carroll-ish in that way, but he wasn't, he didn't come out and deny for sure. Yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on the potential of adding the player? Now that he's cleared waivers, his $7.5 million salary is gone. Any team that signs him can sign him to any deal that they negotiate. I would imagine, based on the fact that he eliminated his last two years and so forth, that he may want, a, a viable second year option um, in well, any new we'll contract see. that he signed. So I would imagine it'd be like a three year deal with the third year being kind of a toss away. I don't know. Um, the thing is that uh, what are the teams that have the cap space to, um, uh, to well, sign? Well, now him? a lot more and, teams and, do because you can manipulate that contract in this I year. Know. You've got nine games left and you could almost theoretically make it almost nothing with guarantees. I don't know if I don't know if any team's going to give him that money now. It might be a, um, right. you know, sign it, rebuild your your value because he every single team had an, had the ability to claim him off waivers and pay him that seven million dollar salary, and not a single team wanted it. Um, so that'll give you a little bit of an idea of where he's valued, and so being able to get him in. The other part is that there's no offsets in the um, contract language. And so, you know, getting him um, to have being a free agent, he's going to get paid his salary for this year um, because it was it was guaranteed. And then um, whatever he makes on a new team is extra. Yes. So the Browns are the Browns are paying Odell Beckham to play for someone else. And so whatever he gets from another team is going to be extra. So he's going to pick the team that gives him a chance to showcase some talent and be be good so that way he hits the open market in the offseason when Why? everyone has all of their, their spending availability um, available and he can go get the biggest deal. So what is the advantage of him signing with Seattle? And then what are the um, what are the disadvantages, both from his perspective and ours? Well, okay. 
So the advantage of him signing with Seattle from his point of view is you got Russell Wilson, who's one of the best deep ball throwers. You've got a really explosive offense. You've got the offense that was the number one offense in, um, you know, yards per play, points per drive, um, you know, with the, uh, when Wilson Wilson was in there before the injury, but now he's going to be back. So there's a lot of potential there for um, Odell Beckham to go put up big numbers. And that's what he's going to want to do. He's going to want to get, he's going to want to put up big numbers. Plus he's not coming into a situation where he's going to be the only guy. Like it's, it's easier to be great when you've got DK Metcalf over yes, there, taking pulling, some pressure off of you. pulling yep. double, double teams and, and, and occupying both the corner and the safety on every single yeah, play. It's going to be helpful to lock it as well. I mean, really three headed yeah. monster is what we'll be talking about here. Now, why yeah. would the Seahawks not want to do this deal, Keith? Um, the only thing that I would think of is you look at when was the last time he was a great player? Um, when was the last time he really, really was a dominant player? And that was probably his, you know, um, his last year in New York, he's never been great in Cleveland and it's, so it's been a while and maybe this, if the teams he's coming in feeling like he is an elite receiver, but he, if he, if the team feels he doesn't, he no longer has the elite skills well, then you're just bringing in a problem, right? You're bringing in an attitude. You're bringing in that. Um, and, and so the team might want to not want to do that. But I I don't know if the team views him that way. And I don't honestly believe that's kind of a fair assessment. Um, I just know that statistically, it's he hasn't always, you know, he hasn't been as good since he got to Cleveland. Um, so we saw what happened last year. How does this compare to like what Tampa Bay did with um was it Brown? Mm-hmm. Um, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. How it's do very you, similar. So attitude-wise from the player, skill position-wise, and what Russell Wilson might like mm-hmm. are all kind of in the same bucket, you think. And so yeah. does the team make a different choice this year? I don't know. Um, I know that with Antonio Brown, there was a lot of concern. Uh, he had worn out his welcome multiple times with multiple teams in that same year um and so there was a, a and the offense was was at the time was totally clicking it was afterward that things kind of fell apart for the offense so there wasn't the feel like that, that there was a need so now they're in a position where um yeah i mean do they need odell beckham no i mean like i said they still had the number one when before wilson got hurt they had the number one offense in the league uh but but we're one injury away in that position group from being really underperforming. Yeah, because you're there's no depth. You've got um, if Eskridge plays, you've got four guys at the position who. Uh, but I are, would rather have Odell Beckham Jr. than Penny Hart being that fourth guy. Oh, but that's, I was Freddie Swain being the fourth guy. Um, well, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, but um, Penny Hart's the fifth guy. I mean, he's he's getting meaningful snaps and. Not that getting nothing from it because he's just not that good of a player. But uh, when you have a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. who can come in and be, I mean, this is a guy, is this a guy who le- has legit top, like number one receiver skills. Like he was genuinely thought of as one of the top five receivers in the entire people aren't league. Gonna like, it, people aren't going to like this either. Ago. But, you know, um, it, it, this could very well be a hedge against a very large substantial 
uh, DK Metcalf situation starting well, next year when DK is going to want to get paid a year before his contract is up. And he should get paid. He's and he should it. get paid. Yep. But he could make life difficult for the Seahawks if Seattle doesn't have any leverage. And this would give them a little bit of leverage. Yeah, I mean, true. But I'm just saying same, that, you know, yeah. teams think about this stuff. They they do, and I think with certain players, they don't. You walk in with a guy like Metcalf, and you go, what do you he's want? Gonna, he's going to be truck. the you right. know what it what was what was megatron's last deal um let's let's start there because the you know the salary cap's gone up and the salaries have gone up and all of that so um, so you're start, anticipating like a five-year 20 22 million dollar a year average type yeah. deal for a dk Metcalf, like top, he, top wide receiver money in the nfl he's gonna get yeah if it's not us it's somebody it'll, else it'll, someone will pay him and he's yes the thing is he's he, so young it, and it's people will look at the stats and they're like, well, his stats are good, but they're not fan, you know, they're not like super great. And no, go watch. There are tape. there are certain offenses where he would be a, a monster. That he's is true. Double teamed and triple teamed. Yeah, but he's also he would also play. physically pay for it as well, and his career might be shorter. So he's got to balance all that out. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have Russell Wilson throwing to me, but um, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, okay. So, so one what's your you final that, thought? I would say one thing that you mentioned that I haven't really uh, addressed yet is keeping Russell Wilson happy. Russell talks about wanting, wanting more weapons and uh, that kind of stuff. And you have an opportunity to not give up any draft capital. Um, and for that matter, that much in the way of cap space, I don't think it's going to cost you much to sign him. Uh, it's more about the do situation. You, think you could do that deal for the nine remaining games at, at probably what? Four, three, three and a half. Um, we talking be, like that it's going to be closer than the closer to the league minimum because you remember he's getting paid by the browns um, right as long as perception versus reality doesn't get in his way yeah but i mean th- that's what happens that's what antonio brown did is you know he signed for next to is nothing that, because do you think that's, that's what seattle's going to point to as like a contract example yeah and, and I, do, that's, I do too, and I'm can, not sure it's going to work you, the same. You can, but it should you can be look tried. at a you can look at a lot of examples. This is, you know, these mid mid season, um, you know, look at Harrison last year, uh, not just receivers, but just. I get the idea though of the rehab situation. You want to go into a situation if you're Odell Beckham Jr. into an idea, ideal situation where you can rehab that image. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make a huge impact because you're going to come into an offense that's that's pretty well set. Rotations are set. Targets are, you know, uh, comfortable um, as far as Wilson is concerned. But if you can, remaining nine games, if you can get like 25 receptions for 350 yards and four or five touchdowns, that's a large impact. Plus be completely primed and ready to go in the playoffs and have a larger impact. That would be an ideal situation for um, Beckham, especially if it comes from russell wilson i mean i i like the idea i i think that seattle should probably do everything they can to to get in there but now they're competing with with everyone else if you're saying that it's a league minimum deal i'm saying it's probably going to be maybe double the league minimum deal right okay, in that that's ballpark. still, that's it, still right. one and a half million it's right the idea so that what he's i'm gonna saying sign for seven i think is 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 this not going to happen i what the reality though now with that said is that Seattle's now competing with 20 teams 
as opposed to being one of four or five that had cap space if we picked him up on waivers. I don't know if that's true either. So because I don't think he's competing. They're competing with 20 teams. Okay, say he's competing with 10, 10 playoff contending teams, then they all want him. You know, the question then becomes who really has an opportunity to get him? Um, I'm looking you look around the league, and if I'm him, the teams I'm considering is Seattle and the Rams, mostly. And Green Bay, um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. And according to Scheffler, understand that he's got Green Bay on his short list. Yeah, um, Green Green Bay would be them, but and and but really, but we don't the Rams, like to talk about them right now. The <laughs> the Rams just, um, you know, they just jettisoned um, Jackson, who was their deep threat, um, the guy who had the the speed to take the top off the defense. Um, he. Jackson was unhappy with his role and, and, and the lack yeah, of Yeah, and they just and went out and got that. Von Miller. Man, you make another Von Miller signing only on the offensive side of the ball. Just yep. make a statement to your like brand new all pro level playing quarterback that we're going to go get this thing. Mm-hmm. And this is our time right now. That would well, be yeah. the statement. And that would well, be you, a win win for both player and team. And when you saw what happened to the offense uh, without Jackson, right uh they really struggled to move the ball consistently uh in this last game and so i could see them going going heavy after them green bay would be another one um beckham's not gonna not a guy he's played for the giants and um and the browns he's not gonna shy away from the bad weather and and playing in that all of that so um yeah i mean those are the teams seattle's gonna be in there in the mix too because of russell wilson and there's just not i mean i'm not if I, you know, as Odell Beckham, he's not going to uh, the Titans or have the Saints. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill or the don't Saints. don't have a quarterback that, now. Yeah, um, who are quarterback-less. Right. Um, or a bunch of other teams, right? You're not going to a team like the Raiders or whatnot. It might be the Cowboys. Uh, like, that might be a team that he would consider. But would then he you're, end up going to, like, the Atlanta Falcons? With Matt Ryan no. throwing the ball, lost Julio Jones in the offseason. No, because um, even though... And they're sitting at four and four. Even though they're sitting at four and four and they're kind of, you know, they've played a couple of good games recently, they're still viewed as a team that's beginning a rebuild. And I don't see that being a great fit. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's it's really just, it's the teams that are um, with big, with good offenses um, that are playoff contending. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it is interesting that we put Seattle in that bucket sitting at three and five, but you know, we've got Russell Wilson coming back. Everything's kind of lining up for Seattle to mm-hmm. make a run if they can get past these t- next two games. Um, but I wanted to share something with you that kind of gives me some hope. Uh, and we talked last week about hope and where the team's at and are we truly playoff contenders? Are we going to make a run? Will we make a run? You know, all of those questions, and I and I kind of tried to sell you on the idea that, yeah, Seattle's going to make a run. I didn't yeah. say will, might, could have, would have, should have. I'm saying Russell Wilson's coming back. We're going to make a run. Well, yeah, and you texted me over the weekend, um, and we're like, Seahawks are going 8-1 and one down the stretch. Um, That's pretty damn optimistic. It, <laughs> I think it's extremely optimistic, but... Um, and my response was, all right, prove it. We got a show. 
<laughs> so yeah, right. Um, well, I don't know if that I'm necessarily going to prove it, but I'm going to give you some hope and maybe let you make your own decision on whether you're going to buy or you're going to sell on on that idea. But one thing I'll point to is Seattle um, right now, including all of the games, not just the last four, not just the last six, all of the games that we've played so far. Um, Seattle, uh, Seattle's defense ranks fourth in the NFL, allowing 18 points per game. Mm-hmm. So, so there. That's yeah. why I'm optimistic. And that's, they've done that against a really tough schedule. Yeah. Pretty darn it's, tough with, with some great offenses, and our offense hasn't really helped them very much because we've been inconsistent. We haven't converted on third downs as best as we can. Russell Wilson's and, been out for three weeks, et cetera. I mean, just a lot of stuff. And sometimes the Seahawks just score too quickly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard well, It's hard for defense to rest when Wilson's out there throwing yeah. dimes and, and, and gave, having touchdown drives that are under you know, a minute. And we can talk about all the other stats, that, that you can attribute to a defense, but really the bottom line is points a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so Seattle's doing pretty, pretty well. They're doing well enough to where they should be winning games just on their defense. Yeah. Because the and defense is doing so well. So if you have a competent it's weird offense. thinking about that because the defense looked so abysmal early. Yeah. Um, and, and it's but, two years in a row that they trade the same strategy. And I'm not exactly sure what to attribute that to. I think it's Pete Carroll. They tried to overcomplicate this thing. You know, they had the same basic personnel in both mm-hmm. years, um, but they tried to just do too much. They asked players to trust each other when there really wasn't enough trust yet. And um, so they brought the defense back to, um, to like, to, to zero on the spectrum of negative and positive numbers. It's just, it's, it's even everybody kind of starts from, from scratch and that enabled the team to kind of build some trust and build some confidence and get players put in a position to where they're not out of position, where they're mm-hmm. put in a position to be successful. So that's the defensive component that I'm thinking, okay, that gives me enough hope where the defense is not necessarily solved, but it's competent. It's, it's enough given where I think the offense is going to go. So now you take the offense that's kind of been struggling a little bit last week was awesome. Uh, but now Russell Wilson's back. You got D Eskridge coming back. That gives you a little bit of an inside threat, a little bit of speed and open space. Maybe you get Chris Carson back on the Chris Carson back. You get Russell Wilson, obviously back. Um, mm-hmm. that, that comes with a whole attitude kind of shift, more of a dominant shift. So you have an offense that's kind of squeaking along a little bit, not dictating terms per se, but just kind of taking what the defense gives them a little bit, goes down the field, scores, maybe doesn't score. Now you've got an offense that's like alpha. They're going to go get theirs. They know what they want to do. Um, you haven't yet seen complete utilization of the tight ends, but the tight end group is solid. I think that, you know, it comes into play. Um, Collins has been having a, a pretty decent year. Now he gets to maybe resume a role as a backup, which I think he th- he would thrive in. Being a featured back is hard. I mean, he makes it work because he works so hard at it. But being that second guy, I think, is a nice tempo shift for him and a guy that works just as hard at getting yards as Carson does. So that's a nice mm-hmm. one-two punch, I think. And Seattle really hasn't seen that together. Um, 
to be yeah, able to because, sustain drives and so forth. They've been yeah. working, you know, Carson's here, Collins is here. They're not together. So that it's, would be nice to see. And it's so frustrating that we're talking about the one-two punch in their backs being <sighs> Carson and Collins. And Rashad Penny is just an afterthought at most. Yeah. And he didn't look great at all in the he last looked, outing. But you know what? If he's he there, terrible. I don't even know if he suits. But if he does, to have that as an option out there where he doesn't have to be featured, he can maybe sneak up on somebody and and, and get something in the open field. Yeah. I think if, if they're going to use a guy like Rashad Penny, I think they would be wise to try to get him an open space in a screen type situation, a screen game, get him way outside so he can kind of make well, a one cut situation and go inside runner. I don't have any confidence in him at all. He's just not right now. Not, I mean, he's, he's got guy. in his college tape. He has the vision. He's got the power. He's got all everything that you'd want. Um, to do that, but watching him now after after the injuries as a pro, he does not look comfortable. He is very tentative coming up to the line of scrimmage, yep. and and is is getting tackled at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he had seven carries for seven yards in against Jacksonville, um, and that's it's not yep. going to cut it. You you can't be tentative. You've got to you got to be decisive. You got to you got to you know put your foot in the ground and 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 cut through the hole. And he just wasn't doing that. So one one other thing that I'll point to, and then I'll let you go. Um, our offensive line is now fully healthy for the first time this year with Posick at center. So you got mm-hmm. Lewis at left guard, Posick at center. I would like to see that unit, excuse me, I would like to see that unit work together for the first time this year and kind of figure out how it yep. all kind of comes together. So share your thoughts. Where are you at with say, that? Um, I mean, it's hard to say it's hard to say too much because it was Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville's actually got a couple of good defensive tackles um that you know that are you know talented and they, and they get the job done, but there's just not a lot around them. But having Postic in there did seem to help the line. It just seemed like there were a lot fewer missed blocks. Um Gino had a lot of time. He was able to just sit back and wait for the routes to develop. Um, they still gave up a couple of sacks and, and there were some problems, but it, it really seemed to be a stabilizing force for the line to have uh, Posick in there. And I mean, he was, he's not a great center. He's not a, he's not a pro bowl guy, but he is a guy that is smart. He knows uh, the, the protections, he knows all of that. So he's going to be able to make the right line calls and, you know, do the things technically um, he'll get to the second level more consistently than Fuller ever did. So there's there's a lot lot to you know to to like there, but you're still upgrading from 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 awful to average. You're not upgrading to a guy that's you know good. Um, and so we'll see. Um, he's also got to stay healthy. We'll see if he can manage that because that's been a problem his entire career. So how about that question I just put up? eight and one or seven and two uh i can't go six and three well let's talk about it because if they go six and three that leaves them at nine and eight you you said that for the two two weeks in a row that they would not make the playoffs if they had that record they and and it's six and three they don't make the playoffs they're one of the last teams out looking in so 
And I, will so, they, will they make the playoffs? Well, when we asked the same question last week, yep. will the Seahawks make the playoffs? I think they do with the seven and two record, but they've got to take at least one of these two. Um, that coming up because if they to, if they drop two, they've lost yep. all the momentum. Russell yep. Wilson comes back, Chris Carson's they, back, Eskridge is back, and they drop two. Yep. Then you've got to they win. Be, you've got to win they, seven they in a row. Win out, and yep. and that just seems so unrealistic to me. And so I, I like the idea if they can take one of these and it gives them a little bit of margin for error, if, whether it be against the take, Rams. What or, if they take both of these? If they take both of these, then your your um idea that they could go eight and one uh out the stretch actually comes into play. It really does. Um uh, if they can go beat Green Bay and Arizona. Now, it, it's not necessarily out of the question. Um, you know, we we have to wait and see if uh I almost said Brett Favre. If Aaron Rodgers can actually test negative, because um, people just assume that he, uh, you know, he had to take a week off because it was positive mm-hmm. test, that he'll be back this week. But he has to have two negative tests, um, and so right. we're gonna. It's gonna. And be, when you have COVID, you still have COVID after yeah. a, a week. I mean, it's gonna be right there. I think. Yeah, so he's he's going to be they're going to be looking um, at Thursday, not knowing who's going to play quarterback, and then, um, you know, hoping that he he tests negative. And if he doesn't, I mean, he can't be with the team, he can't practice, he can't be in the building. Um, So he's just not involved. He's not part of the game plan. He's not getting any of that. Um, And if he does test negative on Thursday, he may be coming into meetings Thursday afternoon. After I understood practice from one like, practice uh, in the week, Garofalo and Scheffler are saying that they can't make a final decision on this until Saturday. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with timing or anything like that. That might be, but they're saying Saturday is the day that they will find out yeah, whether means, or not he can go or not, which means that he's not practicing or anything or doing any of the through Saturday. He's going to show up. Stuff. He's going to show up having done everything virtual. And show up and play. Now, if there's a player capable, he's one of them. Yeah. Um, but it's a big game. It's bigger mm-hmm. than it's bigger for the Seahawks than it is for Green Bay. But Green Bay just fell to seven and two. Um, and looked and, really bad doing it. I mean, well, okay, their yeah. defense looked fantastic shutting down yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. Because even though that team, even though the uh, the Chiefs aren't playing great um, with in terms of the record, the offense was still clicking it was actually um averaging more points more yards uh than they were during the two their two super bowl years it's just that the defense has been significantly worse and that's why they keep losing um well and the turnovers but Jordan um, love's not going to get it done at least not yeah. this year so but their defense looked legit but but the offense was terrible um i mean that's uh, the jordan love uh led team with russell wilson back um, and able to get, you know, you know, he's going to, he's going to execute a couple drives and, and, and get some points. And, um, that so becomes forecast, like, it becomes the forecast a, for Russell Wilson's finger is low thirties, snow yeah. flurries early, uh, 50% chance, 25% chance of uh, snow at game time. So it's basically just like you would expect mm-hmm. for a mid November tundra experience um so it'll be interesting i mean that alone the cold ball and and those uh, footballs get really hard in the cold 
um, therefore becoming harder to throw at any distance. Now you can still throw it at velocity and Russell Wilson does have 10 inch hands so he can get it. He can still have that grip. Um, so I don't anticipate like fumble issues or anything like that with Russell, but, but throwing the long ball, especially in the second half of this game could be a factor. Well, I don't know about that because Wilson's long ball is such a touch throw. It's the guy, he just floats that ball as moonshots and that's, so maybe that's, the wind would be a bigger factor. I don't yeah. Know. See, that's the thing is if the wind, if the wind is bad, it really makes those throws harder. Um, it's not so much the the cold and the hard ball. If you know he threw a more traditional long ball, um, then that's you know that's when it's more concerning. But his weird, um, you know, floaty long balls that are just so well placed, typically, um, you yes. know, I, I'm not concerned as far as the cold. What I'm concerned about is the wind. That's that's when that that's going to be the problem. So if the wind isn't bad, um, you know, I'm expecting. I do Wilson like having Chris. Game. Chris Carson's and Collins in there as being kind of a battering ram. I -hmm. think that that's actually, um, God, if we can blend that and eat up some clock and all that stuff and our defense plays as well as it's been playing against a better offense. If, if Rogers comes back, um, I, I would, it would turn the season for me. If we came out of Lambo with a win, I'm telling you everyone, the whole psychology of, um, the fan base and the team, would shift to something where anything's possible now well yeah because it's like okay you know you've you'd lo- you lose three in a row and then get get a win but that was that was your your time we went uh one and three without wilson um and then wilson comes back and you go out and beat green bay who is you know viewed as one of the contenders to go to the super bowl out of the nfc uh, and it just it would speak to, yeah, this the team is better than its record because now it's got Wilson back. The other the thing to keep in mind, him. and and this is no small thing, but um, you also damage Green Bay. You send them to seven and three, and you reduce the chance that you have to go to Lambeau Field in January mm-hmm. to, in the playoffs. You know, and so that's that's got to be a factor. I don't think you need any more motivation in this game. Russell Wilson's probably just been completely unable to sleep for like three days, um, just <laughs> anticipating getting back. And and I just have a feeling there's just a it's early in the week and a lot of stuff can happen, including the Odell Beckham thing. But there's just a feeling that I have where it just, you know, happens once in a while where I just feel like. This team's just about ready to kind of take this step. It's one of those Pete Carroll things. Pete, you know, Pete gets admonished and, and so forth here and there all over the place. But one of the things that he's very good at is getting his teams ready to play and finish um, in, in November and December. And he's got one of the best records overall in the last 10 years in those months. And Russell Wilson's a big factor in that. Goes and knows how to win games. To have that quarterback back now, when you need to go either eight and one or seven and two to get in the playoffs, there's no better quarterback that I would like to have than Russell Wilson to do that. So, have I convinced you at all to shift slightly? I mean, towards being optimistic that maybe this could happen. I I honestly think that the more likely scenario for this team is that they go six and three and just miss. Um, 
statistically, you're right. Statistically, and, and, they are only at 23%. Um, and that's the optimistic um, analytics that I saw um, to make the playoffs. Another one had them at 17.7 7 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, that. it's it's what it is, is it is, it's just they, they with no margin for error. No right? margin if, for error. That when is they, the correct. When they, when they have to it. play, they have to play the Rams again. And, you know, if they, that's a tough game for them. I mean, it's not, the Rams are a good team and they just and Arizona match. twice. Now the second one might be, a, you know, a gimme game because yeah. Arizona might have it all tied up by them, but nonetheless, Arizona still twice mm-hmm. green Bay. You got to play, um, you know, the 49ers again. Um, there's just, there's a lot that needs to happen, obviously. And any one of those teams that we play on any given Sunday can disrupt whatever agenda you have on getting to eight and one or whatever it is. Because those teams still want to go out and play well, and um, so anything can happen. So, but I'm optimistic. I'm st- I'm still optimistic, even though we're sitting at three and five, and it it's a towering kind of agenda ahead. I mean, to get to get finish eight and one or seven and two after a three and five start. Oh, anybody yeah. that says that out loud is crazy. Like that's just crazy. But there are but so they- many different things lined up. Yep, including an easier schedule. I say if they if they go seven and two and make the playoffs after starting three and five and not having Wilson for you know that stretch where they they um, you know they had three state games where where Gino had a, a chance to uh, take him down and and get him a win and he couldn't do it. Um, MVP. MVP. <laughs> I don't I mean, know if he comes back and takes him eight and one, dude. Takes him, yeah. I mean, he's going to get, he's, he, he'll get consideration because you'll see, you've seen guys like Murray, um, drop back a little bit and have, you know, a couple of rough games. Um, so it's not just this clear, there's, there's no, at this point, there's no one just running away with it the way Lamar did a couple of years ago. Literally. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so th- there's that. So he, he'll, he'll get some consideration, but it's going to be hard to stack up the numbers when you miss three and a half games. Um, and so everyone's going, well, yeah, but he only had 30 touchdowns. And so they're going to, what did he do? What did he so, do to affect his team's wins? I mean, yeah. that's going to be a big statement. So we'll see. It's yet to be written. I mean, there's just no question. You know, the defense still needs to perform, do their job. Offense still hasn't completely come together yet. We saw glimpses of that last game, but that was, you know, an asterisk game. So we'll see. This is, this is really, uh, the next two games will tell the tale of mm-hmm. how this season's going to go. I truly believe that. So, yep. Anything else, my friend? No, let's get out of here. We're already we're already over our time limit. Let's go eat some dinner. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. All right. Find uh, Keith on Twitter at @myersnfl. I'm at @nwseahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is your source for all of our shows and all the content that we've ever produced. And you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms including Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, um, Apple Music, and um, and you can find us on YouTube and subscribe if you would. That would be awesome. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.